This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Voice of the Land podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold. Alongside me, as always, my brother, Nick Paulus, and our producer extraordinaire behind the proverbial glass, Peter Tellup. We are partnered with Web Streaming Studio by LPV and NEO Sports Network. You can always find the podcast on all your major podcast platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple. For some reason, Google takes an extra day to pop up there, but it does pop up on Google. We always share the Spotify and Apple, but Google, it just takes a little bit of time. You know, you got to search for it. You really got to get those keywords in that search. You can always find us on social media as well, at VTL underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram at Voice of Land on Facebook, as well as Voice of Land podcast on YouTube, where you can subscribe, like, and sign up for notifications for when we post our full show podcast and all of our special clips from the week. And of course, you can always follow Paulus at CLE underscore Paulus, myself at Kevin and Seven. Those are both on Twitter. Uh, we don't need Instagram or Facebook, you guys. We talk just on Twitter, so it's <laughs> there's there's no point. We always just give out the the Twitter and everything like that. And you can always find LP. TV Productions, and NEO Sports Network on all social media sites as well. And last but not least, not least at all, DP Construction LLC is our sponsor, our new sponsor for Season 4, as we are now on Episode 3 of Season 4. And of course, DP Construction LLC, you guys can find them on Facebook. You guys can see all the pictures of everything they're doing. They just did a beautiful, beautiful walkway this week. Um, some of the homes that they get to do some construction at Paulus are just outstanding. And I mean, I saw the first picture that was posted on their, their Facebook page and the detail because there's like, there's like a garden or a set of like shrubbery and trees oh, yeah. right in the middle of the driveway and the driveway kind of goes around there and the attention to detail, like it just fits so well around that around I mean, that I, piece I, and it's so beautiful i i told you i mean that that was uh tyler who was supposed to join us this week you know unfortunately we'll get into yeah you know, we'll, we'll get there in a second but, right we'll, we'll get there in a second but uh yeah that's his uh boss's house and it's a oh, 1.3 wow. million dollar house i mean they do work. I mean, it, it, you don't need to have a million dollar house in order for DP construction to come out there and do your driveway. So, you know, for everyone out there, you don't need to be a millionaire in order to, right. uh, you know, afford them. So, you know, give them a call, uh, you know, uh, all of their information's on, you know, the uh, Facebook page at DP construction. We always tag them in there. So, uh, get to, you know, get to stepping on it. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if these guys are doing homes and working on homes or driveways at homes that are worth $1.3 million or, or these expensive homes, those people can afford all the gadgets, gizmos, anything that can go into a driveway and DP construction just getting going right now or very, very recently here. I mean, that's the trust that they've already gained with so many people. And you don't, and like you said, you don't have to be someone that owns a $1.3 million home or like some expensive home. You need some driveway work. You need some concrete work. You need some construction around your home. Reach out to them. You can always call them as well. 330-217-4999. That's 330-217-4999. Or reach out to Tyler LaFrada at TylerLafrada at gmail.com. Let them know what you're looking for, and they will give you great work, a great deal, and you will be able to trust them moving forward. And if you're a Cleveland sports fan especially, you're really going to connect with these guys a lot over there. So we, we look forward to Tyler coming in studio. But as Paula said, Tyler was supposed to join us, decided when all of us can be in studio, that's when he would come in. And you're wondering, if you're just listening on one of the podcast platforms you can only hear the audio you don't go over to youtube and watch us you're wondering what you guys are all in studio together right now 
no, I'm looking at Paulus. Like, Paulus is basically sitting in his seat, <laughs> but he's sitting in his seat in a TV screen in front of his chair because he is at home. If you follow him on Twitter, at CLE underscore Paulus, you know that his wife, Kelly, did test positive for COVID-19, and our prayers are out to her for a speedy recovery. Um, so they do have to quarantine at home. She is one of those frontline workers that we are so thankful for, praying for, and the reason why we want everyone to follow all the guidelines because they are dealing with it every single day and the threat for them to get this virus when people come into the hospitals or medical facilities just puts them even more at risk with even with all of the medical equipment the ppe you can still get covid especially you know there's some people that come in and they say oh i feel fine and then they go to the doctor and they tell them a different story and there's they have a fever and so it's it's very very important and a very serious thing and i know paulus you know we're thinking of your wife thinking of you as well uh at home there taking all the precautions and i know it happened within the last couple days there so uh doing things safely but uh thoughts out to you guys for sure one one thing I'll say is yeah. Oh, sorry, Nick. I was going to say for our, our eagle eye viewers, if they look at Kevin's sunglasses, they'll be able to see what he sees. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun here. I'm gonna show our audience. Here's here's what Kevin. Well, there's Nick right there. So he he's looking good. <laughs> you know. So well, as always, as, as, as always. But I'm gonna show right here what uh, what Kevin's looking at here. This is what Kevin's looking at in the studio. <laughs> is, is Nick on the TV screen? So I, mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's just like he's here. It's it's, it's it's like he's right here with me. Like I just I just know that I gotta work on my camera work. Like looking at it. Some people say that when I would do the openings when we first started this, I wouldn't even blink. Like I didn't even think about it. But I wasn't <laughs> blinking, so it creep people out to start. Maybe that's why we didn't get subscribers early on because they're like oh this dude doesn't blink <laughs> this dude ain't human so uh i've worked on that like there's sometimes like i will like focus on blinking you can't see me like blinking a lot behind my glasses right now but i'm gonna take these off in a second but uh yeah this is this is 2020 this is how you have to do this we have aspirations of a sports broadcasting career and but vtl is very important to us and this is our entrance into that career anyways like this is what we want to build originally you know paulus and i have been open about it when we first started yes we found great chemistry together took a few practice episodes those are probably locked down deep in his computer somewhere but i i don't think anyone will ever see those i, I don't ever I, so. I don't know that i i don't even think i can't even i still can't listen to myself that much these days but i do a lot more to work on and like basically film work for an athlete is listening to your own podcast listening to your own voice yep. but I definitely will not go back and listen to those practice episodes. <laughs> but we also got together to do this to try to put tape out there for ourselves, for other broadcasting outlets to kind of find us and almost like a, an ongoing live resume, if you will, for us. But this has turned into something that we hoped it would and so much more. So we want to keep this going. So this is part of our career, but we also have these aspirations. But this is what this career looks like in 2020. So those of you that saw how I'm looking at Paulus, you know, that's a, it's a very interesting setup here today. And yes, <laughs> yes, I do have the sunglasses on. No, I don't have a migraine. I might look a little tired today, but uh, I figure since Brown's training camp just opened, I know fans can't be there, and it's a, it's a different atmosphere. It's different for the media. It's different. You know, fans came and go and walk up the street and get into training camp this year. Well, I went last year. These are the sunglasses they were kind of giving out for free, one of those free things. So I figured, you know, I got my GV artwork, Odell shirt on here today, got the sunglasses. The hat's not fitting me so well anymore, so I can't really wear the the old draft hat that I have. But uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take these off because uh, it's actually hurting my eyes more to have them on than off. So now you guys can't see Paulus through my sunglasses when you look at me. So uh, it's true. Yeah, I, I did you guys a favor. So thank you're welcome. <laughs> um, now when we talked last, guys. 
we had done we had done so much last week, and we had done a we'd done the full pod, we'd done an extra piece, then we go on our phones and we see breaking news like college football is like on the verge of being canceled, starting with the Big Ten after the Mac had done their stuff, and we did our own breaking news thing. I know it got a lot of views on YouTube. Again, Voice of Land podcast, subscribe, a lot of good stuff on there for you guys to to watch and some extra clips on there. As the week went on, Big Ten. No surprise, postpone their season trying to go in the spring. Pac-12 postpones their season trying to play in the spring. They've even postponed basketball through 2020. They won't play a game until 2021 at least in the Pac-12. On the other side, Big 12, ACC, SEC, especially the big boys in the SEC, holding strong to they feel like they're following all the protocols. They can have a season. They want their kids to have a season. Don't want to spend too much time on it. We spent so much time with what we think is going to happen last week. But just Paula's reaction to it, did Big Ten, Pac-12, did they do it too soon based on, based on what you're hearing from the other side? Or is the other side being naive? And will the other side fall to the same result? I think the SEC, ACC, all of those conferences, I think that they are being naive. Um, to say that the Big Ten or Pac-12 did it, you know, uh, too soon, I think that that is just not right. Um, as as much as I want this, uh, you know, this Ohio State team to play this year, and and I know all of the players. Ryan Day came mm-hmm. out and said that he wishes and hopes that you know that a season will happen. I just don't see it happening. You know, once again, my wife has this virus. <laughs> like, yeah. we, I am seeing firsthand what this stuff can do. And it's scary. I mean, it, it really is. Now, there are people that are going to be asymptomatic who, you know, catch it and mm. don't have any sort of symptoms. It, it, there's a lot of things out there in the world like this. Um, not to, you know, say that, oh, we, they should just go and play no matter what. I think that we need to be realistic about this. There are going to be a lot of people that do catch this that aren't as lucky as uh, some asymptomatic people are. You know, once again, my wife has this right now, and she's currently in the other room. Uh, yeah, I mean, hacking away, and it's—I mean, she, it's scary. I, I'm not going to lie to you; it, it's scary. I mean, mm. I don't want to lose my wife, and the numbers state that she probably won't pass away. But there have been people that have died from this. Yes. So let's be honest real with all this, you know, uh, situation here. I think that the what the Big Ten did was step up and do the right thing. Now, I'm not saying that the SEC, you know, doesn't have a point because, I mean, look at the NFL. The NFL is going to play. Like, no matter yeah. what, the NFL is going to play. Too much money involved, um, too, and, for the NFL. Like, yeah, that's true. It's way too much money. And, and not to say that college sports doesn't have right. money on this as well. You know, the, the SEC has, I mean, they have their own conference stuff. You know, they have their own ne- uh, network on ESPN. There's billions of dollars right. at stake. So I get it as well. Yeah. But you're dealing with college kids. You're dealing with kids that if, if they pass away, you Nick Saban's going to be like, okay, next man up. And and that's wrong. That's 100% wrong. That shouldn't be happening. Uh, but I, I think until someone dies from this, like of noteworthy right. dies of this, you know, right. on, on the football field or anything like that, we're not going to take it seriously. Let's prevent that and let's try and find the cure for this and go from there. Yeah. Well, I think you're right there because it's not you know there have been famous people that have died from complications but most of them have been older yeah you know and if it's you know and that's the most susceptible group you know and i don't know if we'll ever have a cure but if we can at least get a vaccine something you know and there's what worries me with the college stuff is you know it's college football there's so many teams that play. You know, NFL is with 32 teams, so you, they can yeah. they can't really bubble, but they can they can bubble better than yeah. the colleges. And you look at yeah. some of this, and the college kids. I mean, I was young, I was stupid in college. You know, these guys right. are going to parties, and we got. You know, we're going to get into this a little bit later. I think you know some of the professional athletes can't yeah. stay. They can't stay home. Yeah, they, they can't, can't, they can't stay, stay quarantined. The ho- they can't yeah, stay at the hotel. Players, so, yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's, I don't know. It's, I don't know, but I think, you know, sports is definitely going to look a lot different going forward. This is going to be a, I think it's going to be a couple of years before we get back into a normal groove yeah. of sports, college, professional sports, even high school. Yeah. What's going to suck the most is if, if these three conferences of the power five are able to play and, you know, then you got your Big Ten and your Pac-12 and us with here with Ohio State. They actually play and, you know, they were able to find a way because I think what these schools are doing in the Big 12 and SEC, ACC and some of these other smaller conferences that are still trying to play is they're waiting for kids to get on campus and see if they are bringing them to campus. A lot of these schools are still doing virtual, but the kids and the freshmen, like the younger ones that have to live on campus, are still coming to campus. So they want to see within the first couple weeks of school what's going to happen. But then by the time the first couple weeks are done and maybe you start to see an outbreak, that may be too late to cancel. Like it's you would still postpone, but it's like you've done this so late because now the teams are ready to play their first game. Games would start yeah. that last, you know, that last weekend in August or first, uh, the like basically Labor Day weekend, that first big and last big weekend of summer here in especially Northeast Ohio with where the temperatures go, and so you're gonna wait too long. You could say the Big Ten and Pac-12 went too early. You could say they're the other sides being naive. You can look at it both ways. Like there's. I just wonder what information both sides are seeing that they're not revealing that m- made one side decide one thing, the other side decide to keep trying. Um, you know, I know one big thing is the heart complications that come from the everlasting or the long lasting effects after you've been testing negative for COVID-19, some of those heart issues that kind of come with it. Um, and I've heard some doctors. Yeah. And, and to be fair, Kevin, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I mean, we honestly don't know the long-term ramifications yeah. of this because it is such a new thing. We're still learning. So, I mean, it, it, we're, absolutely. Every day something new comes yeah. up about this. My issue with all of this is that we're in, and this is, you know, this is America. This is America just in general. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks that they know what's best for everyone else. Yeah. And, and that, kind of where we're at with this i mean you know fox news says something uh, says one thing cnn says another mm-hmm. and like nbc says this and abc says that like we're getting so much misinformation and news that we don't have a trustful ear you know like a, a trustful voice for all of us to listen for there are no walter cronkites anymore no you know nobody has that voice of reason that everyone goes you know what he said that that must be true right nobody knows what's true anymore and it's because the media itself and not just everywhere but a lot of the media deals in fear and and i'm not gonna lie like i I hate the media i i hate i hate news you hate yourself i get you i don't know what to trust (laughs) um (laughs) you know i I just don't know what to trust and and for me personally once again seeing this firsthand i mean it's some scary stuff yeah and and i just want to want to know out there that you know it, it can possibly happen to you i mean we've done kelly's you know once he does everything everything right and she still got it, it i mean it it, it just it, it is what it is right now yeah listen to the man inside the, the little box in front of me here <laughs> it, but all joking aside it is real and we have one of our very own dealing with this on a personal level and it and it you're right we don't have that one voice or that group of voices that we can go to leadership it, leadership isn't existing and being forthright about what's happening it's it's being politicized it's being right. you know it, it's being put onto a grander scale to incite fear like the media is doing so from all levels everyone is coming at it from their own bias or personal thoughts on it like what each side should be doing politically or whatever this is not a political podcast i can tell i tried Absolutely to be not. I vote. I try to be as educated as I can to make the decision that I think it, that I think is best for whether it's president all the way down to local officials like mayor and, and city council. But I don't get into politics. I get into human nature. I get into character assessment. I get into leadership and I get into 
what is right and what is wrong. See, and I think that's it's interesting you say that because I always look at it when people talk about, you know, the politics mm-hmm. of it. You know, they'd say, Well, look at Europe, look at this. And I think a lot of people forget that in this country, you know, every state has a constitution. Yeah. And the governor is in charge of the state. You know, yeah. the federal government, whoever's in the Oval Office, doesn't mm-hmm. matter right now. You know, when there's an emergency, the states have to ask the federal government yes. for help. Yes. The federal government, and that's one of these right. political issues, right? You know, he's not, someone's not doing enough. They're doing too much, you know, and it's this big, it's, it's a power struggle between yeah. state governments, federal governments. And I think that's what kind of leads to this whole difference between the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, you know, with their decisions is where they reside. Yeah. You know, and they're getting, we're getting different information from, you know, state governments, from different groups. And it's, and how do you sort through it? And you're, and you're right, Nick, man, the media, yeah. I mean, we're involved in the media, but honestly, yeah. you know, the way I look at it is you're right. There's no Walter Cronkite's anymore. Um, and part of me says, you know, man, the news, they shouldn't have commercials during the news because that's what drives and pays for the news is yeah. the commercials. It's ratings. Yeah. So that's why you get all of these, you know, teasers and fear mongering and all this stuff to yeah. keep you engaged. And but on the other hand, I don't I don't necessarily want I don't want government controlled news either yeah. because that's that's a that's right. a whole different slippery slope that you're going to go down. But uh, you're right. There's so much information out there and, you know, you gotta, no one you gotta knows through it. No one no, and no one knows like. Right. Who to trust. We really don't know this, and we got to try to figure it out, and we're being fed information just from one point of view versus another point of view rather than mm-hmm. right down the middle. Like, this is a right down the middle type of thing. And that's our goal. Like, we've found in even sports media that it's been like, you know, you got to be yelling at each other the whole time. You got to be, like, really uh, excited and, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs on every single topic, no matter if it matters or not, to get ratings. No, what sports talk is is talking back and forth. You may agree the whole time. You may disagree the whole time. But you're having conversation. You're trying to understand where the other person is coming from. That's what debate is about. And then if it gets heated, it's a it's a genuine passion that comes out rather than being right. so forced. And then mm-hmm. you got the media that puts like breaking news on every single thing. And you heard this story that was breaking news today, two days ago, and it's been listed as breaking news or big alert with like fire the decals behind it or something like that. Like it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, we want to be as realistic as we can. And that's what we're trying to do. And there's just needs to be leadership and one set thing. And we know how corrupt the NCAA is. So it's going to be each conference, basically like its own state Mm -hmm. going to be making its own decision. And the NCAA is just going to go along with it. If they get some football and they get money into them in this fall, they're going to be great with it. And they get some extra football in the spring with other conferences. They're going to be great with it because they're getting the money and they're reaping most of the reward from it. So it's leadership needs to step up and there needs to be one answer. And we hope that, you know, the governor on Tuesday does it for the local sports, you know, the conferences, NCAA comes together, pro sports, who's ever in charge of it come together and in the country, whoever is in charge of each realm comes together and leads. And I'm telling you right now, everyone go to Ohio state footballs. I know that they're not playing, but go to their Twitter account, find Jonathan Cooper, fifth year senior who was out last year, Watch him talk to his team about what he was willing to sacrifice so that they could have a season together and protect their families and protect the family that is their team. Go watch that because I tweeted it out. That is what leadership looks like. Opposite of what we saw even on the professional ranks with Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger. And I, I watched Terry Francona talk yesterday after they decided to option them to Lake County. And he started talking about, you know, leaders of the past like Brantley and Napoli and Giambi. You know, you have guys like Lindor and uh, some of the guys that have been here, but there's a lot of young guys that haven't done it for very long. I got the sense there's not a whole lot of leadership there. And 
seeing Zach Plesak and Clevenger and what happened, what transpired over this week, where they go out, whether they're social distancing or they have the right amount of people in their group, they can't even stay home. The protocol is, the rule is, you stay in your hotel, you stay with your team, and you quarantine there. You're not to go out with anybody else because professional sports is that can't bubble are trying to be, create as much of a bubble as possible. And it's basically like an experiment where they're trying to take variables out. And it looks poorly on you as a teammate to break those rules, sneak out, and then want the other guy, Clevenger, to lie about it, go back on the plane with the team when these guys are supposed to be leading the team as the pitching staff and what has been going so well. We ranted and raved about this offense last week. <laughs> Yeah. And the pitching staff was supposed to be the thing that, you know, tried to keep them level-headed as much as possible for that offense to finally break out and then both sides being playing their best as we get closer to the end of the 60-game season. And you got two of your best pitchers now that have to go not just off the team or just sit in that dugout every game. They're sitting at Lake County. They drove separately to Detroit just to be turned around, as they should have, back to Lake County until they can get their mind right, their act together. Paulus, as you saw this transpire this week, and then Zach Plesak's video on Instagram blaming the media. We talked about the media and what they what they can do. This was an instance where the media did not overblow anything because his teammates, especially Pluko, had a stronger mindset and a stronger thought process or feelings about this. Where do you stand with the Indians just one week later with everything that's going on? It just seems to just take a whole nother level downwards each week. Uh, Plesak and Clevenger are both douchebags. Let, let me put it out there like that because and, and we'll come out strong out of the gate with it. Right. Because you know what the protocols are. Yeah. They had a video months ago, I believe it was back in March, yeah. that they said moody make sure that you listen make sure you don't you know the rules are for everyone you know make sure that you're not whatever Mm -hmm. they did all of that and these douchebags then you skip out skip out and i'm not saying what they did was the worst thing in the world because it wasn't Mm -hmm. they wanted to go out they wanted to have some fun chicago's a fun town i get it but you know the rules and you are supposed to in like as much as the NBA is is in literally a bubble, you know, MLB tries to or, or really wants that to happen. I mean, you look at the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals have played like four games all year because because of the outbreaks and, and everything like that. The Marlins, you know, earlier. Uh, you know, in the season, we're we're in the same sort of page. The reason why we haven't had anyone test positive is because Cleveland has the strictest policy out there, mm-hmm. and and it's come it's come out that you know every you know they expect everyone to be you know in bed at ten o'clock, and and they make sure that mm-hmm. you don't go out past that time or or, or anything like that. The reason why I come out of the gate so strong and call it, you know, Clev and uh, Plesak both douchebags is because there's people on you know, on your roster that don't have the same sort of immunities that you might have. We look at Cookie, who dealt with leukemia last year. We look at Tito, who has had his issues of cancer in the past. And what do we say about COVID? It attacks people that have weakened immune systems and it really could damage, if not kill those people because of their weakened state. It makes, I I got chills right now. I I got chills right now because of how pissed off I am at those two people for putting their teammates in danger. And then Clev, most of all, because uh, of him just straight up lying to the Indians front office and Tito. You know, he definitely deserved to get his ass shipped to uh, uh, to, to Lake County. Police act too. I mean, him making the video, uh, you know, the media video. Oh, the media is always against us, and the media is the bad people. I'm not saying that that you're not wrong. You know, a lot of the times with the media, we clearly we just talked about that. <laughs> 
You're right. Absolutely. But this isn't one of those situations, dude. You put yourself into this situation. The, the only reason why we're calling you out on it is because, A, you got caught, and, B, you put in danger your entire team. It, one misstep, one mistake could ruin this entire season for the Indians. And I'm not saying that we have the World Series best roster or, or we could make it all the way or, or anything like that. But I think that this is a playoff team. I think that this is a playoff team. I think it, it, if the bats come alive like they did last night, they very well could go all the way. But you are endangering not only the, the season, but your entire team by by just going out and wanting to have a good time, breaking curfew. And and I don't it's hard for me to tell someone not to, you know, to not to do something, you know, like like, oh, you know, if you're being socially distant and you're wearing masks and, and you're doing all that. How do we know that's true? Because lip service reminds us that you just lied to everybody. And and how can we trust you? Unless we see a positive, you know, those negative tests that he said that everyone has, you know, everyone tests negative, so it was okay to hang out with everyone. That's complete BS. I, I hope they keep you in Lake County for for the duration for at least a good portion of, you know, the rest of the season, because this is absolutely bull crap. What they did to possibly to cookie and Tito. Peter, you know, I initially didn't have the strongest reaction as Nick did, but He's, you know what I, when I pulling it out, well, pulling but, it out of you. but when I heard it though, you know, when I heard about it, you know, first of all, I was, man, I was just disappointed. You know, I, part of me is like, I un- these are young guys, you know. They're not. They're still immature in a lot of ways. Um, and a lot of young guys, you know, they think they're indestructible, and they they don't think beyond themselves. And I don't know if I'd go as far as calling them douchebags, but I, I can't argue with with Nick's with it, with his comments because you're right. They what they did was selfish. Mm. You know, they put their. You know, most of their teammates are younger, but you're right. Cookie battled leukemia last year. You know, Francona has health issues, and you just freaking man up. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It's a short season. It sucks that this whole thing's going on. You know, 2020 pretty much overall just sucks. But you're getting, you're playing your sport. You know, just man up and do what's right. I mean, I can't say it much better than what you guys just just talked about. And it did frustrate me. And the first thought was Cookie, was Carlos Carrasco. Because even if these guys, and I know Plesak talked about his mom, who is a nurse, and his brother, who has type 1 diabetes. And so so he's saying that he understands the severity and he can't bring anything home to them so he knows or he knows not to expose too many people because you don't know what they may be dealing with and how severe it could affect them versus someone else that's healthy like himself but you clearly don't get it because you went to the to the blame the media card and i know that we i know that we talked about it so it seems almost uh, people listening or watching may think oh it almost seems hypocritical like someone in the media blaming the uh, kind of talking down on the media now saying that a guy, an athlete, shouldn't blame them. There is credibility to that because we clearly just showed that. We clearly just discussed that as a group. But he's saying that they were malicious and damaging to his character, basically. All they said was that you went out and you broke the rules. I know that... you screwed up. Right. I know these guys want to go out, but we... From the beginning of the season or even during summer camp, these guys were out there saying, we're not going to do this stuff. Clev and Plesak did that video that Paula spoke of where they're you know, trying to promote social distancing and how you can do that, how you can still help your community, things of that nature. They did all that. The team's talking about how we have actual aspirations for this season, no matter how short it is, how different it looks. We are going to go out there, and we are going to follow all of the rules. We are going to control what we can to give ourselves every opportunity to win this season. Now, 
We can go in depth again about the offense. I know they won 10 to 5 last night. We're recording after they beat Detroit in the first game of the three game series. 10 to 5. Reyes hits that 462 foot home run. They're hitting a, you know, a couple bombs. They're getting offense. I don't need to see 10 runs every game. I'm just looking for like four to five to fortify what your pitching staff is giving you and putting those zeros up on the board for the most part. They may have a rough inning like Savali did last night. But if you are controlling the game, it makes the pitcher feel more comfortable on the mound. So they've got issues inside the field that they're dealing with. And Terry just came back. And as he is trying to work his way back, you take advantage of a substitute teacher situation with one of the greatest Indians that we've ever seen in Sandy Elmar Jr., who should gain respect. And you think... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out and I'm going to break these rules because I need to get out. I need to go see my friends. You're saying that you were socially distant. You said that you had only eight people. We don't we can't see that because you already lied. And Plesak right. saying this, he covered up for his teammate that was out there who was saying you know was in these meetings didn't mention he was out too. That gets found out later in Clevenger, and now you've got an even bigger situation. So. As the week goes on, you start to think, okay, well, I'm not seeing necessarily I'm sorry, but I'm seeing these long, drawn-out statements that at least like they're willing to go through that, uh, that public relations step to at least put that out there. And, but they're going to have to answer to their teammates like Pluko, who came out and just blasted him. He said, you know, I've heard this statement. You know, I think his quote was, I've heard this term th- floated around there, grown-ass man. Well... You know, I they're going to need to be a grown-ass man and own up to what they did. They're going to have to explain their actions to you guys, and they're going to have to explain them to us because they hurt us. He said they hurt us. He was he went more in-depth than any media member did. That's where I take issue with Plesek blaming the media because your teammates felt stronger than the media did about what you, what you did. And then you go on to say that your mom is a nurse who is dealing with this stuff, just like... Uh, Paulus's wife, who's in the medical field, one of those frontline workers, has to deal with it all the time and can't really can only do so much to protect themselves. You have a brother who's type one diabetic who has medical problems. You know that you have someone that dealt with cancer last year on your team and you go out and break protocol. Again, I get it. I get wanting to go out, uh, you know, and try to just get out of the house every now and again because it's been so tough this year. But your team and all of you came together and said you had one mindset to win this season, and you could have damaged that no matter if you were six feet apart or not because you're going around people that you don't know that can't be controlled under the confines and protocol of the Major League season and the Indians baseball team. So man up, grow up, and if you are about winning – Follow what the major, what Major League Baseball and what the Cleveland Indians organization is telling you to do, and you need to go to Lake County. Think about what you did. If you're really about winning, you're going to come back to this team and be lights out the rest of the season. If you're really about that, if not, you can stay there in Lake County, and I'll make sure because I'm only five ten minutes away from you. I will make sure you stay in that East Lake ballpark at the corner of Vine Street and Som Center Road. Well said. I mean, you're you're absolutely right, Kevin. I mean, him coming out there and saying, "Oh, I have a type one diabetic brother, and I have a nurse, or you know, my mom's a nurse, and you know, Cookie, you know, has cancer and everything like like you would think that in all of that would come together and go, I probably shouldn't go out. I, I probably shouldn't do that just to make sure that you know nothing happens." You know, to where mm-hmm. I might catch it and become asymptomatic and give it to someone that, you know, might possibly get it way, way worse than anyone else could. And the people that are, you know, in, you know, that are in that way of uh, thought process, you know, like police and Clevenger clearly are, mm-hmm. they think that they're invincible, which I get. I mean, it, at, at a certain point in time, like I understand 
especially like Plesak, because I believe he's younger. I believe he's yeah. like 24 or something along the lines of that. Clev's 25. Clev's seen life. Clev probably has people that have passed away and, and, and maybe not from this virus or maybe not from cancer or anything right. like that. But it, it's safe to assume Clev has seen a little bit more life than what Plesak has. And for Clev to just straight up be a douchebag and lie bold face to the Indians front office and just tell them like, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, it didn't happen. You know, like, like it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. That's why I want these guys to stay in Lake County for a good portion of this year. If not go, you know, like, like if that means trade them, we need offense. I, I know we scored 10 runs last night. I wouldn't be opposed to trading one, if not both of those guys in order to get some, some offense out there. We have a great pitching staff all the way through and they are part of that pitching staff. That is rock solid, mm-hmm. but I would rather deal with someone that isn't, you know, that that isn't a douche than someone that is, you, you know, like mm. I, I would much rather have like the moment Bauer threw that ball over the center field fence. We knew he was gone. Yeah. Like, like, and they traded him the next day. Like, I kind of feel like this might be Clevenger's ball over the you know, ball over the center field wall. Hey, yeah. he's not pitching great so far this year. Like he's pitching okay. Plesak's done actually pretty well. You know, uh, you know, for for himself. But I think that you could get something for these guys. And I, is that wrong of me to think like a, from that standpoint that I like I'd much rather see someone. You know, I'd much rather have a right field bat than see Clevenger back on the mound. Does that make me a bad person? No, it doesn't make you a bad person because we've become so ingrained in what this Indians organization is about. They're about developing talent, but developing talent that has the right character to do so and is so willing to go through that development process. That's why these pitchers are so good, because at some point they showed this organization Hey, I've been doing things a certain way, but you see a way I can do it better and be at that big league ballpark. So I'm going to do that because I'm going to sacrifice, you know, what I've been doing or what I've been taught to try to do something different. And then they see the results because they see other guys in front of them do the same thing and they follow along. But you can't hide. You can't mask certain characteristics about yourself and at some point they rear their ugly head and they did this week so i wouldn't be surprised if the indians make that move to to trade one of these guys am i calling for it right now no but i wouldn't be surprised especially if they're there in lake county for a couple weeks towards the end of this month closer to the trading deadline if they're still there they it's not like a week's time or anything like that that's when you know that this Indians organization is really considering that if they're still at Lake County because they just don't want anything to do with them on this team. They're willing to take a couple great pitchers off their staff to bring in good character guys that are going to develop and then impact this team at the same time and possibly have that control moving forward. So you're not wrong. We just become so accustomed to how great this front office and how great this organization has been under Chris Antonetti, Tito Francona, even uh, to a certain extent, Mark Shapiro Shapiro before that. It's just a Mm -hmm. continuous line of guys that go through and they learn from the guy in front of them and they keep the train moving. Just like this offense needs to do. Learn from the guy in front of you and keep the train rolling. You don't have to hit the home run every time. Right. No, absolutely. But, you know, once again, I also want to throw out there the Dolans as well. I think that, you know, everyone gives the Dolans a really tough time, you know, them coming out and saying, of course. But, you know, everyone gives them a tough time, you know, especially for saying, you know, have fun with Frankie and, you know, appreciate him while he's here and all that. I know that they're cheap, but they are a good organization. They've run a really well-oiled organization over the last 20 years. And, and I want to let them know that, you know, that, that we do appreciate them, especially for the, the talent and also the character that they bring in, yeah. not only in the front office, but 
by them getting Tito and Sandy here both at the same time right now because Sandy is going to take over for Tito. No breaking news there. I think that that's exactly yeah. what's going to happen whenever Tito, you know, finally, you know, hangs it up. And and that is a great, you know, transition move, you know, there there for yep. us because I think that both of those guys are stand-up people and and both are great managers. And you're right. You have to give the Dolans credit for and we this the theme of this podcast is need better leadership. The Dolans understand that they are not leaders. They're not vocal owners like you see in NBA or NFL. Even, you know, to a certain extent, I mean, you really don't hear much from MLB owners at all. But these guys understand that they're not going to be at the forefront. They're not going to be the voice all the time. They put leaders in place and develop a, a structure within the front office where when they put and trust that leadership to certain guys, they also know that they have the willingness to then show what they learned in the past to then the people behind them so that when they move on or they move up, that next person that goes from assistant GM to GM understands what their role is and what they need to do and what they need to look for. And when they go from GM to president, they know what their role is, they know what they need to do, and they need they know what they uh, need to look for. And it's just that is credit that needs to be given to the Dolans. As much as they don't spend money on the players and we get on them about that, they do put good leadership structure in place, and that is so key in professional sports and in life to have that leadership to keep you going forward to then you take that next step and follow that model and found, find your own voice, find your own way to lead those behind you or around you in the world. Um, so it, we could, again, the Indians is a topic that while people don't like to talk baseball all the time, in a shortened season, everybody's wanting to talk baseball right now, and there's so much going on. Even a right. Red, a Cincinnati Reds player just tested positive for COVID, and I didn't hear anything about any of their players going out or doing anything like that, so they're still getting it. You can just expose more people when you take, when you get rid of so many variables and then expose yourself to so many different things out there as well, outside of the MLB v- bubble to what it, the extent that it is. Another league that is trying to do their own bubbles within each team's facilities and area is the NFL, and training camp is starting to ramp up. Browns just had their first practice yesterday where the offense is going against the defense. They're still in helmets. I think they'll be in helmets tomorrow as well. They're off here on Saturday, and then they start getting into pads next week. Baker talked yesterday, and it's the first time we've kind of heard, heard him in a long time. He's talking about how he needs to be a leader, how he needs to take that next step. And even if he's not required to be in certain team meetings virtually, he was doing that. And he's taking responsibility for what he did last year, saying he lost himself and needs to just get back to being himself and then help the other guys understand how they can be, how they can impact this team and saying if he gets out of line, someone needs to hold him responsible hold him accountable for his actions because they all want to be on the same page. Again, saying the right things. We're seeing some videos of some great deep throws and everything, and everybody's getting all hyped up, just like the, the, it's the next step from the uniforms from last week, and everybody's getting all hyped up. Of course, I want to see NFL football. I want to see Browns football. I need to see it. I can't just keep listening and watching tweets come across saying, Baker threw this great 50-yard pass, and then, and then, oh, and then this day Baker threw a couple picks, and then this day uh, Case Keenum looked better. Like, I'm not going to take day by day because offense and defense, they're going to start to learn each other's tendencies, and until they go against someone else, you're not really going to know what this team is all about. But in order to take that leadership role and to follow the format of what this podcast has been all about here today, Paulus, as of right now, what does Baker really need to do to take the leadership he has shown in the offseason into the actual season? Baker just needs to be himself. I think that the biggest thing that got away from him last year, and he came out and said it, was he was focusing on the wrong things. Now, he didn't quite explain what those wrong things were, but a lot of times you could think that they might be stats, you know, that, that he thought that maybe he should have had – 
4,000 yards and 29 touchdowns and cut down on the interceptions and you know all the things that we as fans look for because I mean we're a fantasy football society now you know and, and everyone cares about those but the only real stat that we should that, that he should be caring about mm-hmm. are wins and losses yes and I think that he's going to get back to that and at that point in time if you have more wins than losses it's probably because you cut down on those turnovers it's probably because we have more touchdowns than an interceptions and and you know the yards might not be crazy but they're not going to be like he's not going to go back to 1950s you know throw it 12 times and get you know 120 yards and like we're not playing you know 1950s you know football anymore this is 2020 the only team that does that and is capable of doing that Hmm. are the ravens you know because they are built top you know top to bottom yeah. with running with running yep. people you know you know quarterbacks running backs wide receivers they're all you know they they all can do that you can say but their whole backfield how- is full of running backs right oh. it really was i'm it sorry really i'm was. sorry lamar i'm sorry i know you got better sorry, throwing lamar. the football hey, hey. but it is hey, what it is lamar, lamar deserves all yeah. those MVPs. he's a great athlete He's he, not only is he a great athlete, but he was a, he, he did a phenomenal job yeah. at the quarterback yes, position he did. last year. Yes, he did. Once again, wins and losses. They were fourteen and two. I guarantee you, Baker would give everything that he owns mm-hmm. to be fourteen and two. Get this team to the playoffs, winning. Like I, and that's the mindset that Baker needs to have. And I think that he's finally back to that. Uh, I mean, you heard they he cut down on weight. You know, he gained more lean muscle. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things. The, I mean, we joke about it. You know, people called me Fat Baker. You know, a couple couple weeks back, Baker looks nothing like me. Thank God, thank God for that. <laughs> but he. And and he looks the part of a starting quarterback, a franchise quarterback. But I'm not going to call him that until he gets, until he starts winning games. And and we shouldn't really, you know, call him a franchise quarterback until that starts happening. Peter, I mean, just from your perspective, I mean, and listening to these guys talk and knowing what talent is on this team. How do you transition talent? Because it's so difficult to win the NFL. How do you transition the talent? into success is it you know is it sacrifices that each player needs to come to it's not just about me it's not just about my stats or in does it come down to baker making sure everyone's on the same page i think it's a combination i think you have to have you know everyone looking out for the what's best for the team Mm -hmm. but you also have to like you said before this podcast today is about leadership Baker has to step up. He has to be a leader. I think with Stefanski, we have uh, hopefully a coaching staff that's going to plan for more than the first series of downs. You know, last year the Browns came out and looked great on their first drives. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. You know, we had great offense the first drive. I mean, how many times did we score on the first drive in the game? It was was shocking as a Browns fan to see them come out and do so well but then they just fizzled and I, mean, I think someone came out and said yeah we didn't have a game plan be yeah Jarvis. Beyond, yeah beyond the first quarter and it's like how can you how can beyond you expect drive, yeah sure. how can you expect to win games if you don't have a plan right so i think you know baker stepping up and i and i i love jarvis i hope odell i like odell mm. and i really do and i hope he sticks around yeah um and I think with Jarvis being on the same team, I think he may we may see the whole, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it is my team needs to win. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I've never understood, and I'll throw this out there real quick for you guys, is you come like with LeBron. When LeBron yeah. we got him and when he left, I would think that any pro athlete that could come into one of the Cleveland sports teams, deliver not just one championship, but multiple championships. To me, that would be like, how could you not want to do that? Because that would be, you would be forever in like the city's sports lore, right? You would be, you know, they would be talking about you a hundred years from now, right? If 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 LeBron came in and won six or seven, autogram and look at Jim Brown, right? Exactly, exactly. So 
Cleveland is, you know, LeBron came back. He got us to the finals. You know, we got we got the ring. Fantastic. But could you imagine if you wouldn't have gone to Miami? If you would have been here the whole time, if you would have still be here? I mean, you look at how the, the Cavs built around LeBron mm-hmm. got to the finals year after year after year. And then, you know, he went to L.A. and they didn't even make the playoffs that first year, right? Well, yeah, so well like, he got hurt on Christmas Day. I, I know, too, but it's like, like, and that you just you just see his impact on the floor, like, well, oh and yeah. You see, like what you just see the transition from him being here to not being here, exactly. From like one year to the next, being the one of the best teams in the whole league before you go and get to the playoffs, to being the worst team in the league the very next year, like exactly. That, and if if LeBron, my what I'm saying though is like. LeBron, or if we had another athlete, how comes. high do you put him? Like, you're saying, like, how are you trying to get to like how high do you put Baker if he ends up winning? If if Baker stays here, yeah, and and gets us to the postseason, gets us super, not just one Super Bowl. I'm saying makes us a competitive team year after year. There'll be a statue of him on Public Square. That's yes. what that's what I'm saying. Yes, and and that could have been LeBron. It could have been LeBron. It, it will be LeBron. I, Le, LeBron's going to have a statue. Yes. LeBron already has a street in Akron named after him. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron yeah, but I think for 50 going, bucks, you can get one too, Nick, in Akron. So, Well, well <laughs> hey, sign me up. Man. But uh, like LeBron is going to have it's gonna be fat uh, a, you know, a statue outside. He is going to have a statue out there. I, I, know, I know LeBron is um yeah i know that you know he has a mixed feelings you know yeah. with with a lot of fans here in cleveland because he has left twice but i, I think it's lebron's the greatest athlete that we've ever seen here in cleveland that mm. is a fact yeah. that will forever be a fact yes you know it, it, baker it'll put him on the level of lebron if he wins multiple in, in, in here it, he'll surpass him i mm-hmm. mean it, this it a Brownstown, yeah. and we love our quarterbacks if they produce. And and if Baker does produce, absolutely, he'll be the most loved person here in Cleveland. As of right now, though, that is LeBron's place. I mean, yes. without a question. As mixed as the feelings are about LeBron, it's a lot less than the first time that he left because he mm-hmm. left with a with a ring in 100%. tow, with a ring in tow, and. It, Everybody kind of understood where, you know, Kyrie got his way out of here. LeBron's trying to, like, drag all these guys that are towards the end of their career anyways. I mean, JR, who's making all these mistakes. Like, LeBron is still having to do it all. Mm-hmm. As much as you're building around him, he's still having to do it all. And, he, you know, you could just see the frustration on his face. So I think some people understood why he left. Still not happy. Like, I'm not happy that he's not. He's in a Lakers uniform versus right. wine and gold. Like, he's in that purple and gold. Right. But... I can understand it to a degree, and I still watch and I still love watching him play. Like, I'm still a fan of LeBron. If you want to criticize for that on me, I don't care. Reach out at Kevin and Seven. I don't care. You can at me all you want. But LeBron will have a statue. Once he is not playing in this league, he will have a statue. Probably the very next year, he will have a statue or at least plans in place for a statue and have his jersey raised in the rafters of. The Romo, Fijo, the Q, the Gun, however you wanna, however you wanna say it, his jersey, his name will be forever etched in Cleveland Cavaliers and Cleveland sports and just Cleveland history in general. If Baker wins one Super Bowl, I could actually see some fans with how important and how impactful football is in this area, seeing him like putting him higher than LeBron at that time, like an initial reaction putting him higher than LeBron. Like if someone, I'm all the sports radio shows. And if we're doing anything on a sports radio show at that time, I'm sure the Twitter poll at that time will be, you know, Oh, Baker just won a Super Bowl. Like, who do you, who do you like more LeBron, like Baker or LeBron or who do you, yeah, it's going to be Baker versus LeBron. Like, but even remember, whenever Baker had that great rookie year, people were asking the question, right. who do you have, Baker or LeBron? And, and, and that's after a rookie year and going 7-8-1. and one. Yeah. Just winning a championship, people get sort of 
sort of thing. It blows my mind that, that we forgot that 2016, we were three to one deficit. Yeah. And LeBron, in, in, in partly Kyrie as yes. well, it, I mean, brought us back from the brink of damnation to, you know, to where we were at, uh, you know, just what, a week later or, or something like that. Right. I mean, they brought us from the dead and, and you know, Got us to heaven. LeBron really. wore LeBron wore the Undertaker shirt like for a reason that day. Like he was gonna he was gonna do he was gonna do something spectacular. And Kyrie was so good at that time, and we didn't see what was inside his mind at that time. Like he was so good, and he came along with LeBron because you saw like that relationship starting to grow, where you could see Kyrie taking the blueprint from LeBron and following his his mode. But you're right, and that shows the impact of football that some people were putting Baker higher than LeBron even after a rookie season where we went 7-8-1. and one. And if he wins the Super Bowl, there are going to be some people that put him even higher than that in terms of LeBron. If he wins multiple, then yeah, he's going to be, you know, he's yeah. going to he's going to put himself above LeBron because he brought multiple championships to the sport that this area loves the most to this town. But LeBron will still be forever etched in our history, and he will still be high up on that list. Like, that is a list that I can't even put my arms high enough to be. If Baker ends up higher than him, it's still both of them being way up on a on a big-time historical sports list in this town and even in national sports perspective. The only way Baker does that, though, and we hope that he does, like, I'm hoping that we have to have that, we get to have that conversation the only way he does is by showing the leadership we're seeing now, having that translate to the field. So he's leading his teammates by his voice, but also by his play and his willingness when he makes one mistake to not let that affect how he plays and how his teammates react and not allowing it to be the same old, same old, where you start out the game pretty well, then things start to go wrong. And it's like, oh, well, what can go wrong this time? That old adage for the old Cleveland Browns, oh, how can they lose this time? Or what can go wrong this time? The guy that can just, the quarterback and coach combination that can dispel all of that and take that out of our minds, that thought process as fans watching Browns games, take that out of our mind should be and will be etched in Cleveland history lore and be high up on that list, even possibly even higher than LeBron. I'll just always have LeBron even higher on my list because that's just that's just who I am. But trust me. We'll see whenever Baker takes us tr- to two Super Bowls. And that's what I was just about to say. I I need to see it. Then I'll know how to react. I can't tell you how I'll react right now. I need to see it. Then I'll know how to react. With that being said, this has been one hell of a, a leadership-based podcast here today, and great conversation. If you guys have any thoughts, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, comment below. If you're uh, listening on Apple, Spotify, Google, hit that subscribe. Uh, give us a review on Apple, and reach out to us on Twitter at vt underscore pod. You know, Paulus was having some conversations with people on uh, Twitter this week. I, you know, I was kind of reaching back to them as well. We'll have these conversations throughout the week. We only get to record one one time a week. And we got so many thoughts that are going through our head throughout the week. So we'll have these conversations with you. If you agree, you disagree, let us know. What does Baker need to do? Where do the Indians need to go? And heck, what's what's going on in the NBA bubble? We're going to be getting into that here in the next couple podcasts as well because they're getting into their playoffs. But that is going to wrap it up. Before we jump out of here, guys, I do need to say, and we need to give our support because we fully back Stipe Miocic, Cleveland boy, a volunteer fireman, by day, UFC heavyweight champion, one of the best of all time by night, fights tonight, round three against Daniel Cormier, DC versus Stipe for that championship, possibly DC's last fight, possibly Stipe's last fight. I mean, I don't know that I'd have to go around, but we'll just we'll just quickly make a pick and go around. Paulus, who you got tonight, Stipe or DC? Stipe in the fourth. I have Stipe going. Okay. I think it's going to be a great fight, and uh, I really can't wait for it. I think I read somewhere that Stipe doesn't want to call it quits, that that he does want to do uh, uh, possibly a fight with uh, uh, John Jones. Okay. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but this is DC's fight for sure. This is his last fight. Um, I mean, the guy is going to go out as one of the best heavyweights mm-hmm. of all time. Rightfully so. 
Um, but I think that Stipe round four, that's not an unbiased pick. That is, uh, that is something that I, I just truly feel in my bones that uh, Stipe is going to, Stipe is going to knock him out in the fourth. Peter, I'm not sure what round, but I'm definitely going with Stipe. I don't know around either. I, I am an average to below average UFC fan. Like I would love to watch it more. I don't have the pocketbook <laughs> to watch UFC and you, well, especially no. the main cards all the time to watch UFC. Mm-hmm. So I may have to drop a little, a little money tonight on ESPN plus just to get the, uh, the main card started at 10 o'clock tonight. Now it, it is the main card is at 10 o'clock tonight. I believe it's sixty dollars. Okay. Uh, for for the main card. Now that's with an ES uh, ESPN Plus account as well. I believe. Now and and those those main cards two fifty two and you know mm. all of those main ones those do get pricey. I, I will give you that. However, most of the time though, on Fridays and Saturdays, you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of really big fights as well. Maybe not the main steep A cards. Right. Uh, but I mean some really good fighters. And that's Kelly and my go to for, for the weekend mm-hmm. is always watching those UFC fights. It was always, you know, we'll watch a movie or we'll, right. we'll do something like that. Now it's UFC. All right. Now we get like chicken wings and UFC. So I absolutely <laughs> love. It. All right, K- KFC and UFC. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? They just they just go so well together, right? <laughs> I bet I bet some of those guys do get some KFC after, like because they they've been training for so long. They've there had to like either cut weight or, or do something else to maybe gain weight or something. But it's like it has to be like the right amount of like health food still to go either way. Uh, I'm sure that they I'm sure I that don't they think have there like, is any health food at KFC. No, <laughs> no, there's there's definitely not, and we can we can definitely all sit back and uh, enjoy watching guys that have put their bodies on the line, and just enjoy putting. KFC and bad things in our bodies and just, you know, it's, that's our own sacrifice for, for that to, to enjoy what they're doing. But I may have to drop the $60 tonight to, to get this. Cause last time I watched a Stipe fight, we were able to go out to restaurants and like be all at, you know, I found a place that was actually open. I don't know if it's even open anymore. So, and we really don't, can't really go out anywhere. So it's like, I may, may have to, may have to drop that, that money tonight. I've been watching a lot of soccer, so I gotta, I gotta branch out and get into some other sports too. So, um, but with that, yes, voice of the land podcast, you heard it here first. Stipe, we love you. We're rooting for you. You are our champion, no matter what happens, but you're going to win tonight. You are our champion, our heavyweight champion all times. And the willingness, the sacrifice to put off fighting so that you could help on the front line just makes you that much more of a powerful figure and a powerful leader in our community. But with that being said, go Stipe for Nick Paulus and Peter Tellup. I am Kevin Arnold reminding all of you out there, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game or just a fight in terms of tonight. And we love you all 3,000. We will see you all next week. And stay tuned to our YouTube channel for our VTL Extra of the Week.